0: Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us as we begin our series on identity. Good morning, Cross family, and happy Father's Day. I know my dad watches our messages and worship services every week online. And dad, I want to say happy Father's Day to you. I know this has been a, a very tough year for you. I know your health continues to, uh, to, to fail you. But I want you to know that you are the most incredible man in my life, and you are my first mentor, my first coach. And I just want to say I love you, and I'm proud of you, and happy Father's Day. Dad, you're an incredible man. I love you. And so uh, I would encourage you to reach out to your dads today. I know uh, there's a variety of of relationships that exist uh, uh, amongst our listening audience, meaning some are really strong and great and, and some are, are, are a little more difficult, but I would encourage you to reach out and extend the love of Christ today. Now, I want to start a new direction with you in series today, and I want to move into a series that we've titled Identity. And identity is so crucial as we look at uh, what it looks to live life to the full every day. Now, I want to take you back uh, to 1 John chapter 5, and I'm going to read just a few verses out of 1 John as we get rolling today. But 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, whoever believes Now, again, the word believe means to be persuaded to action. Again, we covered that in deep detail as we went through the gospel of John, whoever believes is persuaded uh, to action to really embrace Christ with all their heart. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Pick it up in verse 4. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I would encourage you to memorize verse 4. Again, whoever overcomes, uh, whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, as you start to break down the word overcome, and this is a great teaching for you to step into today. The word overcome in the Greek is the word nikea, and it means to be victorious over evil, and over darkness the word victory whoever is over uh, whoever is born of God overcomes the world this is the victory the word victory in the greek is the word nike and it means to conquer it means to overcome to gain the victory it means to win and so when you look at this passage it is a nike uh, passage if you will it's about overcoming and god says that to be born again You've got to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, but when you believe, your new identity is you are an overcomer. Now, in Christ, you have God's power through the person of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. You have God's power to conquer evil and to conquer darkness, to overcome I'm an overcomer. It implies that there is a battle to be fought. There is a battle against darkness. There is a battle against evil. I'm an overcomer. There's a battle. There's a fight going on right now. This is a huge spiritual war that we see ourselves living in right now. But because of faith and belief in Jesus, we are victorious and we overcome. Now, as you sit there. And as you ponder that today, let me ask you a question. Is there any overcomers listening to me right now? Are you living a life of victory and are you living a life as an overcomer right now? I was told years ago that it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. All that matters is how you play the game. And I heard that and I thought, whoever made that observation got used to losing. It's not just how you play the game, we wanna win. And in Christ, we win. God always leads us to victory. And we must learn as children of God to walk in our new identity. God desires for you to walk daily as an overcomer, walking in the freedom. And to overcome, to overcome, it is essential that you understand your identity in Christ. I've said this many times, that your identity will drive your activity. Knowing whose you are and knowing who you are will lead you into the right activities and into the right assignments. Now, again, because of all the chaos that we find around us right now, I will tell you this, negative thinking will fuel failure. If you are defeated in your thought life, you will never win. You won't win consistently. And we're told in Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means I've got to eliminate stinking thinking because stinking thinking will lead to defeat. And I want to live a life of being transformed by the power of the gospel. First Corinthians 15, even Paul would write this to the church at Corinth and they had all kinds of issues going on, but he made this statement. He goes, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we serve the God of victory. We serve the God of all victories, not the God of defeat, not a God that is pessimistic. We serve the God of victory. And that is who my king is, defeating death, hell, and the grave, ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father. My God is a victorious God. Now, let me give you three principles to kind of ponder for overcoming. And I would say this to you, I would make these declarations for yourself. I will statements. Okay. Number one, I will know God in an intimate way, and I will know his ultimate desire and plan for my life. Again, Jeremiah said, if you're going to boast, boast that you know God. And so I believe the heart cry of each and every one of us, if we're going to live a life of victory, a life of of being an overcomer, we've got to know God, but we've got to know, God, what is your plan? Okay, here would be a second thing. Every day when we wake up, we have to have that desire to say, I will grow to the max." of my potential. Whatever the gifts, abilities, and passions that God has placed inside your heart, I would encourage you to make it your ambition to grow to the max of your potential. Ever how God has wired you to say, I want to be all I can be and the best I can be for the glory of God, it would be a third thing. I would tell you this, I have to make this declaration daily, but it's one that is crucial in reaching your potential. It would be this, three. I will help others grow and reach their potential. I will come alongside others. I will be a disciple maker. I'm gonna help others be all they can be and the best they can be. That's how an overcomer thinks, is we're walking in the victory of who we are in Christ. Now, overcomers, as I deal with people day in and day out, the people that are overcoming and and walking in the victory, overcomers desire continued growth and personal development. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside all this stuff that would weigh us down. And let us run the race set before us with endurance. So if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I would tell you this: you have to have a vision that consumes you. And vision in its just simplest definition is discovering is discovering god's plan as it relates to your life listen to me we discover god's plan collectively in the scripture selectively individually it's in the spirit so we go to the scripture and we trust the holy spirit so you've got to have vision vision is beginning with the end in mind where am i going Where do I feel that God is trying to take me? What do I kind of forecast to to be some of the destiny that God wants me to walk in? Vision is the bridge between the present now and the future uh, tomorrow. So you've got to have vision. Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. I've got to be able to see uh, from a God-style lens. And then I would tell you, you've got to have a passion that cannot be stopped. And for me, as I think about the word passion, it's what defines you, and it's really what uh, makes your life unique. When people say, uh, what are you passionate about? You hang out with people, you'll hear what they're passionate about. But three things for me when it comes to my walk with Christ, as I think about this passion piece, there has to be an agitation of my soul. As I think about that, what agitates me? What, what frustrates me? What hurts me? Then there has to be this motivation of the will. Uh, what, what gets me uh, glad? What gets me excited? And then there has to be this desperation to accomplish. You've you, you got to kill me to make me quit. And so as you think about passion, you've got to have a passion inside of you for the gospel and for Christ that cannot be stopped. And so you, you need to ask the question, what agitates me? what motivates me, and what am I desperate about today? And and then, again, uh, just as you want to grow and help others, you've got to have people around you that will make you better. And who's speaking into your life? Who are those mentors or those voices that you allow to speak into your life? If I'm going to grow and reach my ceiling and live life to the max, I'm going to have key people in my life individuals, as well as uh, there's going to be resources that I lean into. So I would encourage you to think through that. Now, overcomers, even people that are winning in life, they struggle and people that struggle will oftentimes uh, experience failure, but overcomers will learn from their failure. Now, as I deal with people, I know this to be true about people that continue to soar instead of sink people that have setbacks and get knocked down, but they're still living that life of of an overcomer. I I would tell you this when it comes to uh, dealing with failure one, do not personalize it, learn from your mistakes and then sit down and go, what are the takeaways that I can learn from that mistake or failure? That's huge. Two, if, if you're really going to live a life that thrives, you've got to quit making excuses. You and I both know that the blame game does not work. It's never worked, and, and, and it's a bad game to play. Three, admit where you failed and own it. Personal responsibility is so crucial in growth. So when there's a failure, a mistake, a setback, when you get off mission, you've got to stop and go, that's where, that's where I jacked it up. I own it. Four, I would encourage you, choose to focus on success. Focus on where you're going in life. The enemy wants to pull you back into your past. The enemy wants to pull you down. But if you're going to live a life of overcoming, you're going to experience mistakes. All of us do. We're human. We're people. Even though we're under the blood of Christ and we're really walking into sanctified, uh, a sanctified life with the Lord, you're still going to struggle at times. Now, here's what you got to know. Failure is not final. It's part of maturation and growth. And you and I will have adversity in our lives. And it can be hard for us at times not to focus on the problem, not to get distracted when you're dealing with some type of chaos or pain. But when you are faced with loss in your life, whether it's the loss of health or the loss of a loved one, or the loss of possessions, or a job, or whatever, it's a tough fight. And attacks are hard, and they hurt us, and they bring pain and suffering. But let me coach you up. Stay focused on Jesus. Do everything you can to eliminate distractions and again, pick up the word and embrace what God says about you. Again, the Lord is our refuge. He's our hiding place. He's our strong tower. He's our shelter. We run to him, and he, he, he illuminates our eyes for us and allows us to see things from his perspective. Now, this is, this is crucial. Again, I've been pondering this. Like, as you study the life and ministry of Jesus— What what, what do we learn from Jesus? What are some of the takeaways from Jesus? What can we implement even today in living a life as a a victorious overcomer from the life of Christ? Let, Let me give you three things. One, when you study the life of Jesus, Jesus was always asking questions. When you you study his life as he engages with people, he spent more time asking questions than he did providing answers at times. And when you ask questions, and Jesus modeled this, he invited the other person to open up. And that's been such a huge piece of what we've been talking about here recently, uh, desiring to hear and listen to another person's heart. Most people do not tend to ask questions. Many questions, and most people do not tend to ask good questions. Most people live from a a, a, a their angle is they assume or they interrupt or they judge or whatever, and, and they're they're not listening. Jesus modeled that when you care about the other person. You will engage them with questions. So that's one of the huge takeaways when you study the life of Christ. He knew how to ask questions and invite people in. A second thing, ah, oh, this is so huge right now. Jesus knew when to walk away from hotheads. Even in Luke chapter 4, Jesus has gone through the uh, a temptation experience. Jesus has gone into the synagogue. He has picked up the scroll. He begins teaching and reading out of the book of Isaiah. And he's talking about how God has sent him to declare a message of hope and grace to the poor and the oppressed. And people were coming at him. Jesus had performed a few miracles and they were like, well, what are, why aren't you doing any here? And Jesus says, because a prophet doesn't have honor in his own hometown. And he even quotes some of Elijah. By the time you get to Luke chapter 4, verse 28, this is so early on into Jesus' ministry. The people in the synagogue were furious with Jesus. And it says they were jumping up, and they were trying to mob him, and they forced him to the edge of the hill on which the city was built. And they were intending to push Jesus off this cliff. But the Scripture says, don't miss this, he passed right through the crowd, and he went on his way. Now, some people will become difficult. Some people are hard for us to deal with. But as we look at the life of Jesus, I'm telling you, he knew how to avoid the hotheads. There's people we deal with. They're going to throw temper tantrums. They're going to speak harshly against us. They're going to treat us in an abusive way. Shh, 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 shh. Disengage and walk away. Jesus knew how to keep his blood pressure in check. Jesus knew how to keep his eyes on the mission. And let me go ahead and go here. You will not change the world on social media. I know this is not a popular statement today. But try to have face-to-face, heart-to-heart discussion and conversation with people. I believe that's how we practice tikkun olam. That's how we'll bring healing into the world. Eliminate all these fights and battles. It's It's not getting us anywhere. Third thing is I contemplate the life of Jesus. He was not defensive. And reality is, being in ministry, just doing life, some people can demand more from us than we can give. And uh, they may try to guilt trip us. They may try to manipulate us. But when you study the life of Christ, Jesus never tried to please people. And Jesus never defended himself. One of my favorite chapters again, Romans 8. But Romans 8, verse 31 and 37. If God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us, and I I wanna encourage you, you're more than a conqueror. God calls you an overcomer. God wants you walking in victory. Now, even even as you go through the life of Christ and how he dealt with people, overcomers, I'm, I'm telling you right now, they are not defined by disapproval and the rejection of others. You're gonna have people applaud, you're gonna have people that boo. We care, but we're not gonna carry all those unnecessary weights and burdens around with us. So, a person that lives an overcoming life, they're not defined by disapproval or even rejection. Two, people that overcome kind of think bottom line. What is the real issue? What is the real assignment? And as we go through life, what is the bottom line? I exist to glorify God. God has created me in his image. I exist for one reason, to worship God, walk with God, to know God, and then to reflect him to my world. We think bottom line. A third thing would be this. uh, People that overcome focus on the task at hand. They don't have too many programs going and crashing their hard drive, if you will. That they, they, they can focus on the task at hand. They can eliminate. They can separate. They can lock in. A fourth thing, they refuse to equate failure with self-worth, meaning an action that was done with the identity of who they are. We all are going to make mistakes at times, but what I did does not define who I am. I can repent. I can get back into my lane, and so I encourage you today. I encourage you to to walk in that identity uh, of who you are in Christ as an overcomer. Uh, here, Here would be a fifth thought underneath that. People that overcome, their thinking is not restricted to just rigid and traditional ways. Hey, man, we've got to think differently. How can I say old things in a new way? And I can't get lost in tradition. Tradition uh, oftentimes provides me some great lessons, but I've, I've got to be willing to think fresh and new. God is fresh and new every day. Uh, six, I would tell you this. People that overcome, they welcome challenges with optimism. Uh, with optimism, They're not afraid of a new challenge. They don't want to just keep repeating what worked 10 years ago. And I, I, I can tell you this, and our thought life is so crucial. People that overcome their time is not spent on a lot of just unproductive thoughts. God is calling us to be transformed. God is calling us to fix our eyes on Jesus. God tells us he'll keep us in perfect peace if we uh, keep our minds fixed on him. Again, first John five, four, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, our faith in dependence and allegiance to Christ. Now, Jesus Christ, again, declares that we're overcomers, and you do not have to live a life of defeat. Maybe you're struggling with things today. Maybe you find yourself just kind of weighed down. But in Christ Jesus, you do not have to live a life of defeat. You can honestly walk in freedom. You can walk in victory, but you're going to have to yield and surrender to the Lordship of Christ, and you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take over your your heart, and you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to transform uh, your mind. I mean, three things I would encourage you with right now. Set your mind on things above. Ah, Fix your mind on things above, too. Do not focus on your problems, but start focusing more on the promises of God. And then get up. Rise up today. Keep moving toward Jesus. Claim the promises of God. Stand on the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to saturate you today. And, and, and even as I go through, like even 1 a, a John, I would tell you this. Personalize it. Personalize it. Like this. It's like Tim believes that Jesus is the Christ. Tim believes that Jesus is Messiah. Tim is born again. He's been born from above. He's born new by the Spirit of God. Tim belongs to God. Tim is filled with the Holy Spirit. Tim is an overcomer. Tim will walk in victory, in freedom, and in liberty with Christ. When you read Scripture, personalize it. Believe what God believes about you. Walk in what God says about you. Now, let me transition to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll wrap with just some of this thinking out of 1 Peter 2. Gr- great passage, starting in verse 9. It says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that belong to God. That's who you are. That you may declare the praises of him, Who called you out of darkness into his light? Once you were not a people of God. Once you were separated. You were not God's people. Once you did not have mercy, but now you're the people of God. Now you have received mercy. God is calling you a holy people, a royal nation. Now, here, here's four simple principles, and this is part of the identity piece right here that's going to allow you to walk in victory as an overcomer. One, and, and I believe this with all my heart, I am completely accepted in Christ. You are accepted in Christ. I have been chosen by God. God wanted me on his team. Come on, personalize it. God wanted you On his team. He accepts you. He sees your potential. He drafted you and he chose us in him based on Ephesians 1. He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world that we would live holy and blameless lives. Oh, God chose me. He wanted me on his team. Oh, he believes in me. He believes that. I I can do something to add value to the team. Oh, God's so good. Here here would be a second one that we extract from 1 Peter 2. I am valued. He even says, you're a holy nation of people belonging to God. And I sat there and I'm like, God is my father. He calls me holy. Even in scripture, he calls me a saint. He declares that I have worth. He tells me even that I am now his voice to the nation. He, he wants to use me, and I will choose to be useful because God says, I'm valuable. Oh, I'm valued by God, and you're valued by God. Here, here would be the third thing. I am loved. Even in the text, he says, once you were not the people of God, but now you're the people of God. Once you walked without mercy, now you're walking in mercy. And I can tell you this, God loves his people. God loves his creation. And I am one of his people. He brought me from nothing to something. He brought me from being rejected to being accepted. And I look and I go, I am loved. I am chosen. I am valued. Oh, walk in that today. And then I would tell you this, I am totally forgiven. For by the blood of Jesus, we are set free. Our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of our God. And I'm telling you right now, Isaiah 43 says, I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. Not your behavior. He goes, I do this because of who I am, and I will not hold your sins against you. I want to encourage you to walk in your identity in Christ. God says, hey, hey, you're accepted. The word accept means to make room for. He's made room for me. He goes, Tim, you're valuable. Tell the people that they're valuable in my eyes. You're valuable. And then now you've got to ask the question, am I useful? You are loved. I don't care what anybody else has said to you in your journey. You are loved. God loves you. Can I tell you, forgiveness is available today. God nailed his son to the tree. And when Jesus hung suspended, he offered salvation and forgiveness and life to every one of us. And I want you to believe that you Without a shadow of a doubt, you are an overcomer, and you are victorious today. And God says, that's, that's your identity. That, that's what I've given you, and I want to see you walk in that today. Gentlemen, one of the greatest gifts that you would, would ever receive in your life on this Father's Day, is to receive the identity of who you are in Christ and walk in it. One of the greatest gifts that you will ever give in your marriage and to your family is to walk in the fullness of who God says you are. If we're going to see a a group of men rally together and become difference makers and become agents of reconciliation. I can promise you it's gonna start with men that believe what God believes and says to be true about them, who walk as an overcomer. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory, even our faith. Father, thank you. Thank you again for your word being so strong. Thank you for the power. Or 1 John 5, thank you for speaking over us that we're overcomers, that we're victorious in Christ. And Lord, I pray for every person listening right now in Jesus' name, whoever's born of God, there may be people sitting there saying, I've never been born of God. I know I was born of the flesh, but I've never repented and surrendered. I'm not born of God. I'm not living a life that overcomes. I'm not living a life of victory. Just repent right now and just say, God, I, I turn from my sin and i turn from my my fleshly ways and my selfishness and and just lord i turn from me and right now in jesus name i receive christ to be my messiah and lord i receive jesus as the christ the anointed one of god would you please come in lord jesus fill me with the holy spirit and make me the person you desire me to be and and and, and lord i pray for those that have have even prayed and and sincerely met a a heart cry uh, in, in the past where they said, Jesus saved me, but they've drifted. I pray that they would repent today and just cry out to you and allow you to do a major work in their lives. Father, you have called each and every one of us who say that we belong to Christ to walk in the victory that you've given us. That is our inheritance. And so I pray that each and every one of us would walk in that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we want to see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. And we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.